Shri Gaudiya Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai, Shri Jiva Goswami Ki Jai, Satsandarbhas Ki Jai, Anantakota Vaishnava Ki Jai. Glorious devotees, thanking you so much for giving me this opportunity to again uh, continue this presentation on Sri Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha. We continue today with our discussion of the fourfold army in support of the Pariva Sutra. And we will first remind ourselves of the Pariva Sutra itself from the third chapter of the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Iti chamsa kalapumsa krishna stu bhagavan swayam. Indrari, Vyakulam, Lokam, Ridayanti, Yuge, Yuge. All these are either portions, amsas, or minute portions, kalas, of the Purusha. But Krishna alone is Bhagavan himself. All of them appear on planets whenever there is a disturbance created by the atheists. The Lord incarnates to protect the theist. So let us move forward. And we are now in the end of the first division of supportive statements. In other words, statements within the Srimad Bhagavatam itself, which support the Pariva Sutra. So first, Srila Jiva Goswami dealt with statements that could be seen as um, standing in opposition to the Parivasutra. And he gave 
conclusive evidence as to how those statements should be seen and how, um, from our Gaudia perspective, they actually do correspond with the conclusion um, that is the key to our understanding of Srimad Bhagavatam, that Krishna is the topmost manifestation of the Supreme Lord. So now he's giving us some nectar in the form of um, supportive statements. Um, and he's presenting these supportive statements as, as like the divisions of an army in support of a king. And we are in the first division. If we were to look to a king who's on a battlefield, he has different divisions of his army. He has an infantry. He has his um, has his elephants. He has his cavalry. He has his archers. So all these divisions uh, support him in any uh, campaign. And even sometimes when the king uh, goes on tour, uh, he will display uh, the splendor of his army and the force of his army uh, just to enthuse the citizens. So four divisions, supportive statements in the second division of the Parivas Sutras um, army, so to speak. Uh, Krishna is the subject of the Bhagavat's major dialogue. Uh, and the third and fourth divisions will de deal with uh, hermeneutics, uh, sat praman and sat sadlinga. So uh, there's been some questions regarding uh, hermeneutics and exactly what are the Vedic hermeneutics. So those questions, if we, if you could wait until we comprehensively uh, deal with that subject in the third and fourth division, uh, I believe all your your inquiry into the into hermeneutics the nature of hermeneutics and what are the vedic hermeneutics um, because their hermeneutics simply means that um, how does one interpret scripture so the interpretation of scripture uh, may vary from scripture to scripture from um, um, religious orientation to religious orientation. Uh, so specifically, what we're interested in are hermeneutics as they apply to the Vedic literature and the what's coming forth from the Vedas and the other scriptural presentations. Um, so it's, it's referred to as Vedic hermeneutics. And there are six uh, major indicators um, in Vedic hermeneutics, which help us to properly interpret scriptural statements and use the Vedic hermeneutics as in such a way that they support uh, the conclusions uh, of the scripture. So uh, please hold your questions there. Uh, I think we will comprehensively uh, cover all that uh, in forthcoming uh, discussions. 
So let us continue today's discussion with uh, the ending of the first division, supportive statements. And we come to the 43rd Anucheta. Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu confirms Krishna as the original Bhagavan. We'll read from Jiva Goswami's Anucheta. Sri Sukha clearly confirms the exact same point in the context of Krishna's avataric descent. Jiva goes on to quote from the first chapter of the 10th canto. Upon hearing a voice intoned in the Akasic field while he was in Samadhi, Brahma spoke to the Devas, O immortal beings, hear from me at once the words of the Supreme Person, Gam Purushim, and then act accordingly, without delay. The Supreme Person is already well aware of the plight of the earth. You should take birth among the Yadus, accompanied by his partial expansions, Amsai, until the almighty ruler of all rulers walks upon the earth, relieving her of her burden through his own potency of time. The supreme person, with directly Bhagavan, will personally appear in the house of Vasudev. Let the wives of the Suras take birth for his pleasure. So this term, a Cossack field, um, can be elaborated on because it, there's an interesting explanation in regards to this verse as put forth by Sanatana Goswami. So there's an extensive footnote, which I wanted to share with you, as I thought you would find it quite interesting. In his Brihad Vaishnava Tosani, Commentary on this verse, Sri Sanatan Goswami glosses the words Giram Gagane Samiritam, a voice intoned in the sky as Akasajam Adrista Vaktrikam, a voice arising out of Akasa, intoned by an invisible speaker. Akasa is an extraordinarily fine substance. The slightest vibrations of ether register indelible impressions upon it. The Akasic field refers not only to space as the cosmic field of light, but to a dimension of consciousness that contains a vibrational record of all knowledge. The voice that Brahma heard was not perceptible in the overt material sky, but in the Akasic field of consciousness. Otherwise, there would be no point in specifying that he heard the voice while in the transcognitive state of awareness known as samadhi. Moreover, had the voice been intoned in the gross material sky, it would have been heard by all present and not only Brahma. Consequently, Gashirodakshai Vishnu communicates with God through the medium of the Akasic field, which is accessed specifically in the state of samadhi. So, interesting, from time, time to time, we note in uh, the scriptures that uh, a sadhu or a muni, a sage, will 
enter into samadhi and come out of that samadhi with enlightening information for uh, everybody in general, for the rest of us, so to speak, who don't have yet, have not yet developed those, that ability to uh, enter into samadhi. And here we're given some insight as to what's going on when those advanced um, sadhus, devotees, moonies, rishis, aesthetics, enter into the state of samadhi, those great yogis, um, they're able to tap into uh, a vibrational field, uh, which is referred to as a kasa, as mentioned by Sri Sanatan Goswami uh, in his Brihad uh, Vaishnava Tosini commentary. Now, this commentary is his commentary on the 10th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So we have the Brihad Vaishnava Tosini, and we also have another Vaishnava Tosini, uh, which was written by Jiva Goswami, specifically on the 10th canto. So as we touched upon earlier, uh, Jiva Goswami's commentaries on the Srimad Bhagavatam are quite extensive. And this, this is one of his, is also a Vaishnav Tosini commentary on the 10th canto. Uh, the exact terminology is not coming to me. Um, uh, Lagu Vaishnava Tosini. So the, the large Vaishnava Tosini is Sanatan's uh, production and the uh, Lagu Vaishnav Tosini, a smaller commentary, is that of Jiva Goswami. Or taking a, a, a position of subordination to the commentary of Sanatan Goswami out of humility uh, Jiva Goswami uh, gave that nomenclature to his commentary. So uh, this, this is quite extraordinary. Uh, just as it's explained here in this footnote, it's an extraordinarily fine substance. Uh, the slightest vibrations of, e of ether register indelible impressions upon it. So it's, it's amazing that even the, the great demigods in all of their, and they have wonderful uh, mystic opulences themselves. Uh, no one can deny that, that they have so much control over uh, the material cosmos and the living entities, uh, always looking out for their well-being and uh, and making all arrangements for the uh, proper management of all the facilities uh, within the Lord's external potency from the rising of the sun to the rising of the moon, to the waves, to the oceans, to the water, to the, to the blinking of our eyes. There are specific demigods in charge of 
all those particulars so that life goes on in a very regulated and uh, and controlled manner uh, within the material realm, even, even down to the reactions for all of our activities. Yamaraj is keeping track with his assistance of, of everything that uh, specifically the human uh, beings how they conduct themselves uh, so that they can uh, reap uh, the uh, the proper pious and impious reactions to their uh, actions within the Lord's external energy. So, but despite all of those extraordinary Siddic powers that the demigods have, still the extraordinary power spoken of here, which is afforded to Brahma because of his hierarchy, his, his qualification, which is great, very great. How, how qualified is Brahma? Well, we hear from scripture that a Brahma is qualified, so qualified that he can go through a hundred lifetimes and perfectly execute all of the regula regulations of a controlled life under the auspices and, and direction of um, uh, the Varnashram system. So such, such great control affords him that opportunity to rise to the position of a Brahma and himself work directly under the supervision of the Supreme Lord in the creation of the material world and the management of the mode of passion within a specific, specific Brahmanda or universal shell. So he was able to hear Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu, uh, and he was able, after hearing, to give, to pass on the instruction. It's okay. The Supreme Lord is already well aware of the fact that you are in distress because of the, the, the burden that demoniac leaders are placing upon uh, the inhabitants of the earthly realm, and he's going to take action. And he wants you to participate. He wants you to, to, to join him in this action. Not that you need to concern yourself with uh, the destruction of the Asoric class, but you can participate in the leela of his manifestation. He's going to come in his original form as Krishna, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. You also come. You also take up residence in bodies of his eternal associates. You also bring your wives along so that they can serve him. 
So a wonderful opportunity is being afforded to you to have some direct participation uh, due to your exalted position in relationship uh, to the material universe uh, of leadership, of, of being uh, in positions of leadership as, as demigods. So uh, all, will, all, be, all will be set right. No more is there a need for concern on your part. And uh, not only that, but this is a, a, a super extraordinary opportunity for you to have direct association with the Supreme Lord himself. Liano Cheda uh, continues, Jiva writes, the word purushim in the first verse means by the purusha. This means that the words gum were spoken by Krishna himself, who is non-different from the purusha in the form of Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu. This is in keeping with Brahma's own statement. I evolve the universe as appointed by him, and Shiva dissolves it under his supervision, while he himself, the upholder of the three potencies, Sattva, Rajas, and Thomas, preserves it as the Purusha. So this is going to come out a little bit more as we go forward, uh, specifically in the next uh, subdivision of the fourfold army uh, when we look to uh, the additional support so we'll we'll discuss this a little bit more but the the way one approaches the supreme lord the way one the is the day that one has the worshipable form of the Lord that one immerses himself in under the shelter of a sampradaya, under the shelter of his guru, of the sadhus, of the scriptures. Even though someone may be addressing another form of that original person, if their istadev is Krishna, as the Gaudiya's istadev is, even though they may be speaking as Brahma was here, listening to Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu, his sense of it and his understanding and realization was this message is coming directly by Krishna, from Krishna himself. And this will come up, as I say, again and again as we move forward, as all the as different narratives within the Bhagavat Puranas Leela narrations are looked at in the context of this fourfold army. They're all going to point to and support the Pariva Sutra, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam that even though these other speakers may be addressing another manifestation 
because they are fixed on Krishna as the supreme personality, they are seeing those other manifestations as simply Krishna in another form. Krishna displaying himself in another form at another time. So more on this later, but here we can see that this is beginning to take form here in 40 and Cheda, which continues as follows. Brahma repeats the the speech of the Purusha, beginning with, Puraiveti, according to the statement, Krishna, who is the supreme Purusha, himself appeared. That from the Brahma Samhita. The word Pumsa means by the original Purusha, Adi Purushena, or in other words, by Sri Krishna, who is Swayam Bhagavan. The word Amsai accompanied by his partial expansions, means you should take birth along with Krishna's associates, parsadas, such as Sridham, Sudam, Srimad Uddhava, and Satyaki, who are as parts in relation to him. For the most part, they, the people among the cowherds and the yadus, are described precisely in this manner as devas, so to speak, parsadas. Jiva continues in this Anucheta, Narda and all the cowherd, I'm sorry, Nanda and all the cowherd men residing in Vraj, the wives of the cowherd men, Vasudev and the Vrishnis, Devaki and the Yadava women, the kinsmen, relatives, and friends of both Nanda and Vasudev, and even those in the service of Kamsa are predominantly devas. Devata Praya. Example, i.e., eternal associates, Nitya Parsadas. So, when we are properly schooled within this Gaudiya Sampradaya, and when we take shelter under good guidance within this Sampradaya, all of these esoteric points, all of these inner mysteries of how to approach the narrations within the Bhagavad Purana, and how, how all the intricacies of the Lord's descent and his eternal associates, how all that plays out, uh, becomes evident to us as we develop the fine discrimination in good association to understand all these mysteries. And Jesus the teacher, he's bringing these out. He's pulling from this verse and that verse and supporting the points that he's making. And then he's, he's 
further support supporting the points not only from verses from the Bhagavatam, and here he is using primary verse, primarily verses from the Bhagavat Purana itself in support of the Parivas Sutra, but also um, he's he's drawing upon uh, the commentary of Sridhar Swami and other uh, emperor acharyas um, who have commented on the Srimad Bhagavatam in accordance with the conclusions of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, or he may even quote those that are in opposition to those conclusions, just to make his point and show that the conclusions of the Gaudiyas um, do, stand, uh, do stand on their own and can stand up in opposition to the viewpoints of others. But this is always done with the, with the greatest respect and admiration for all Vaishnavas of the Supreme Lord. He continues, long Anucheta. <laughs> His being the original Purusha is expressed in the second half of Srimad Bhagavatam, 10.1.22, beginning with Saha, because he is the supreme eminent, Achuryami, within all. The Purusha is a ruler, Ishvara, but Sri Krishna, the original Purusha, is the almighty ruler of rulers, Isvara Swara. Being the complete whole even of the Purusha, who is Krishna's part? just as is intended by the word tri-adisha, the ruler of the three rulers, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, used in the third canto, second chapter, 21st verse, to convey that Krishna is the regulator of the three guna avatars. Sri Vasudev also said the same thing, you and Balaram are not our sons, but are directly the rulers of Pradhan and Purusha. So again, the, the can only bow in, in uh, supplication to the, to, the, to the presentation of Jiva Goswami and the other magnificent acharyas coming in this line of disciplic succession who can draw out all these fine points so that our understanding is comprehensive and and free of any misconception. As we mentioned, misconception Misconception can also be looked at as a misplaced value, and such misconceptions and or misplaced values are indicative of the stage of anartha nivritti. Um, so we want to come to the platform of steadiness, nista, and we need to set aside all these anarthas, all these misplaced ideas. So 
understanding the position of Krishna in relationship to all of his various expansions, in relationship to the material creation, in relationship to the living entities, and fully comprehending all these fine points allow us gradually to free ourselves of the stage of anartha nivriti to, to, to set aside all the anarthas and, and become very steady in our understanding. And that steadiness and understanding naturally leads to a steadiness in practice uh, because we become firmly situated um, in the proper conception of the Supreme Lord, his eternal, his name, form, qualities, pastimes, associates, leelas, and his external manifestations, of which we are one very tiny particle. So it's, it's, it's truly, this, it, this is the meaning of Sambandha Gyan. What are all the relationships? How do, how do all these different tattvas regarding the Lord, regarding his expansions, regarding his expansions, regarding his various energies and the expansions of his expansions that we are? We are ourselves an expansion of his purusha, the Paramatma. We are part of the nature of Paramatma. One of the Paramatma's shaktis is the um, is the Jiva Shakti, and 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 that is that is ourselves. So Sambandagyan, and we are now being fully schooled on on the topmost Sambandagyan, the nature of the Supreme Lord Himself in this fourth of uh, Jiva Goswami Sandarbhas. The Anucheta continues. The phrase Swakala Sakya, through his own potency of time, means by both his own intrinsic potency, Swasakya, and by that of time, Kala Sakya. The earth's burden will be removed. The reasoning stated in the third verse of the series behind his being the almighty ruler of rulers is that he is directly Bhagavan, meaning Swayam Bhagavan. The sense it is, it is pointless to pray to me, the Purusha, for the removal of the earth's burdens. There's no need to pray to me if Bhagavan himself is going to make an advent within human society. All, all of your prayers are automatically answered as a byproduct of his, of his coming, of his descent within this material universe. For his, Krishna's pleasure, some of the wives of the suras, sura striya, such as the consort of Sri Upendra, an amsa of Bhagavan, should merge 
Sambhavantu into Krishna's beloveds, tat prayasisu. Just as all the diverse amsas of the original Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, enter into him on the occasion of his direct avataric descent, let the consorts as well of those amsas enter into his beloveds, tat prayasisu, who are embodiments of his eternal, inseparable, supreme potency when they too descend along with him. Alternatively, the compound sat priyartham could be taken to mean for the purpose of rendering service to his beloveds, let them take birth. Again, extremely esoteric insights into what happens when Krishna himself advents once in a day of Brahma. All the, the Surastriya, the wives of the leaders of the universe, they also enter into Krishna's eternal supreme potencies, the gopis and the queens, so that they can also fully relish his divine pastimes in Leela. So what a, what a tremendous opportunity, not only for the demigods, but also the wives of the demigods. They are also invited to participate and participate in a very, very um, intimate way. And here, as Jiva's pointing out in his Sandarbhas, the verse can be looked at that they are actually going to be directly participating, or it can be looked at that they're going to be participating through rendering intimate service to those eternal uh, associates of the Lord, the eternal gopis and wives of the Lord during his avatar descent or his direct descent. <clears throat> Again, we continue. There is more. And after this, there is even more. So long Anucheta. Again, we say, by, Jiva says, by issuing this decree, which was not something even requested by the Devas, it is understood that the reason behind Bhagavan's intent to personally descend within the world was specifically to perform unique leelas with his beloveds, who are his supreme devotees. This makes it evident that ridding the earth of her burden was to be only an incidental act. In this way, when it is said that the Shrutis, the sages of Danta, Danda Karanya, and the sons of Agni attain the position of Krishna's gopis, that too should be understood precisely along the lines of what has been explained here. Either they entered into the Nichasita gopis or attained the servitorship of them. So Jiva again, esoteric entrance into the 
mysteries, these sages of Danta Karanya, they, they wanted to enter and become gopis of Krishna, of the Supreme Lord. And they were not afforded that opportunity uh, during the advent of Lord Ramachandra. And he said, I will be coming again, and you will be afforded the opportunity. And here also there's mention of the sons of Agni. So they also must have had some desire in that regard. And Jiva is bringing that out, that their, their, their first entrance into the Leela is now going to be made available to them. They're assured to the point that they're going to be given an opportunity when Krishna himself advents to themselves directly participate in the Leela, and thereby their devotion will flourish and completely fructify during such a advent. Prakat, Prakat Leela. In this regard, if the literal meaning of the above verse were to be accepted, that the wives of the devas, Surastriya, would personally appear as Krishna's beloved gopis, it would contradict Uddhava's statement glorifying the unique position of the gopis. So now, to, to further fortify the commentary that Jiva himself has given in this regard, has given in regards to exactly what transpires for the Surastriya, the wives of the devas. Now he's going to fortify that from a statement directly from the Bhagavatam as put forth by Uddhava. The grace bestowed, Uddhava said in the 47th chapter of the 10th canto, the grace bestowed upon the cowherd women of Raj whose longing was fulfilled when Krishna danced with them in the Rasa festival, placing his stout arms around their necks, was not attained by Lakshmi, Shri, who is ever attached to his breast, nor by the celestial damsels who are favored with the fragrance and splendor of a lotus. How then could other women expect to receive such grace. So by quoting this verse, Jiva's making the point that Krishna during the Rasa festival was, was dancing with his eternal associates. And something that Lakshmi was not afforded the opportunity to do nor even celestial dam damsels would be given that opportunity directly. He concludes here, nor should it be conjectured that this statement regarding the appearance of the wives of the Suras implies that they attained the position of Krishna's wives in Dwarka instead, because it will be shown that they too belong to his own intrinsic potency. So there Jiva ends this Anucheta. And as I'm sure you can now see 
we are going to be completely immersed in Krishna Leela through Jiva's comprehensive understandings and presentation going forward in this Krishna Sandarbha. And a lot of very esoteric and meaningful points will be made, which will allow us to more fully appreciate and enter into the mysteries of what is and its topmost message to human society. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, and uh, our position is to is to is to desire to first worship uh, and place above our heads these um, eternal pastimes that are constantly going on, both manifest prakat and unmanifest aprakat manifest within the material universes, the Brahmanandas, the Brahmandas, and within the transcendental realm, uh, Galoka. Some commentary in regards to what has been written in this 43rd Anacheda. Shri Swami comments that although the word Purushi of the Purusha refers to the speech of Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu, because it is to him that Brahma had prayed, it ultimately indicates the words of Sri Krishna, because it is the latter who manifests as the Purusha avatars. Similarly, the word Pumsa, instrumental case of Puman, which is a synonym of Purusha, also means by Krishna, since he is the supreme person, Puman. In Padma Purana, it is stated, the words Bhagavan and Purusha, when free from limiting modifiers, Upadis, refers to Sri Vasudeva, Krishna, the supreme self of all. Tarakanda of the Padma Purana. So, Jiva Goswami gave us firm indication at the very beginning of his Tatvasabha that his discourse in these Sandarbhas was for those that were devotees of Sri Krishna. And a lot of these explanations that he's bringing out from the Srimad Bhagavatam and other scriptures are specific to this understanding of the Supreme Lord. Not all Vaishnavas will embrace this understanding. And that's all right. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we, we're not here to, to do anything but ourselves aspire to the, the topmost understanding. We are entering into it through the Brahma, Madhva, Gaudiya, Sampradaya. So 
this work is for ourselves who are taking shelter as Gaudiya Vaishnavs. Commentary continues here. How could the women of a phenomenal heaven be capable of associating directly with a fully transcendent Bhagavan? With such a question in mind, Sri Jiva offers two possible explanations to this request. The first is that the compound Sura Striya refers not just to any of the celestial women, but specifically to the consorts of the avatars of Vishnu found among the devas, such as the wife of Upendra, the younger brother of Indra. It is these consorts who are being indicated. Sri Jiva interprets the verb Sambhavantu, let them take birth as let them become merged in his beloveds, beloveds. This is to say that the wife of Upendra and those of other avatars were requested to merge into the wives of Sri Krishna, such as Rukmini, on the occasion of Krishna's appearance on earth. All avatars merge into him. In like manner, the consorts of these avatars merge into Krishna's eternal consorts who appear along with him. Some more interesting insight here uh, in the commentary. Sri Jiva's alternate explanation, in Jiva's alternate explanation, he interprets the phrase tat Priyartham, for his Krishna's pleasure as for the purpose of rendering service to his beloveds. This would mean that the Surastri were commanded to take birth on earth to serve the gopis in Vrindavan and Krishna's wives in Dwarka. The wives of the devas are devoid of the intrinsic eligibility necessary to become Krishna's beloveds or wives. The wives of Krishna are his eternal counterparts and direct embodiments of power. Such a position is in no way directly attainable by anyone else. To specify the unique position of the gopis, Sri Jiva cites verse 104760 sung by Uddhava, where he when he came from Mathura as Krishna's messenger and personally witnessed the gopis' unparalleled love for him, Uddhava boldly proclaimed that even Lakshmi could not attain the grace received by the gopis. So what to speak of the heavenly damsels, the wives of the devas? So this brings us to the conclusion of the first division of the first the fourfold army, um, wherein Krishna has given, I'm sorry, wherein Jiva Goswami has given uh, supportive statements of the Parivas Sutra from uh, different verses in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And from here, he will continue into the second division, 
and explain that Krishna is the subject of the Bhagavat's major dialogue. And this is uh, covered in Anuchetas 44 through 73. So again, this is a very comprehensive section. And uh, I think considering the time and the length of the 44th Anucheta, that uh, it would be more appropriate to cover that Anucheta in total in one class. So to that end, uh, we will... Uh, We'll cut this class a little short today. If anybody has any questions, uh, I'll be glad to attempt to address those now. And uh, we will continue in our next discussion uh, into the second division and uh, proceed with the 44th Anucheta, uh, dealing with uh, the first dialogue that Jiva Goswami analyzes in relationship to the Parivas Sutra. And I do not therefore I thank you sincerely for taking your valuable time to hear from Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha. I hope that uh, this discussion has enthused your um, practice and uh, deepened your spiritual understanding. Vanchakalpatu Bhishcha, Kripa Sindhubhivacha, Patitanam Pabhanebhyo, Thank you so very much. Hare Krishna. Simantulal Chandra Prabhu ki jai. Krishna Kirtana Bhanana Tampano Dira 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 Dira